Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. There is a group of women here and out there watching live and a watch later on video that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, not to just be religious, that doesn't help us at all, but to walk in the kingdom that Jesus bought for us on the cross. That kingdom is with power. That's what we are endeavoring to do. That's what we are coming together for so that the Spirit of God can teach us how. And he loves to do that. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting. Father, I ask for your spirit of grace on this meeting. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You're going to begin today with a really neat testimony. I asked Luann to do this. You know, there are testimonies that people say that are just so wonderful. They're so great. You know, where, where God opens a Red Sea and the Hebrew children walk through on dry land. But there are testimonies that we can grasp, that minister to us, that we can use. I haven't had to have the Red Sea open lately. But there are testimonies that I have heard that, that I can use in my own life. And Luann has a beautiful example of one. And I'm going to turn this over and let her speak. Amen. All righty. Well, about three years ago, I got a new car. And it was very nice. And one day, you know, here we are, pretty in our new car, going to church, get home, get in the garage, and I'm thinking, oh, I'll close the door for my little girl getting out of the back seat. So she gets out of the back seat. I close the door for her. And all of a sudden, she's screaming, excruciating bloody murder. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, you know, y'all with kids or anybody. My heart dropped. I instantly felt like I was going to vomit. What did I do? So when I realized in that 0.2 seconds of all those thoughts I just told you, that I slammed her hand in the door. It was caught. I opened the door, and we all scrambled into the house praying and just got to figure out what to do. So Philip and I, we all went in the house, put her in her room. I'm just going nuts in my mind while praying, trying to get a hold of myself with my screaming child, six years old, and husband's praying. We get her settled. Not really. She's not settled at all. But um, he's pacing this side of the house praying. I'm pacing that side of the house praying. She's in her room screaming. Ten minutes goes by, which is an eternity. No results. Another five minutes goes by. Still no results. So he and I convene in the hallway. You know, maybe we need to take her to the emergency room. And I say, okay, I... I think you're right, but I'm really disappointed in myself. And I tell him that. I say, God, I just wish we could believe for this to be healed. And he goes, well, if we're going to do that, we need to believe right now. 
or we're going to the emergency room. And I thought, okay, right now, we've got to do this right now because she is screaming and we're going on 20 minutes of my daughter with her finger, when you looked at it, it was bent backwards and it either looked like it was broken or dislocated, but it was not like it should have been. I mean, it was scary. And every time I'd go check on her, it was not improving. So we had that talk and after he said, we better not be afraid and believe right now if we're not gonna go to the emergency room. So he went back on his side of the house, I went back on my side of the house and I'm like, where can I go? I need to get alone. So the closet, I found my closet, the very back corner of my closet and found the densest portion of clothes and stuck my face in it. And I thought of that man with his son when he said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And I just looked at those clothes and I was saying, help my unbelief is loud as I could, just angry, upset, scared, everything. Just help my unbelief, several times. And Julia screaming in the back room, background. Help my unbelief, help my unbelief. And then all of a sudden, she's not screaming anymore. I'm like, I better go check on her, what's going on? She's laughing. And I'm thinking, you know, really quick your mind goes, Oh God, is she like deliriously in pain now? But I go in there and she's like, Mommy, <laughs> it's, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I look at it and it's, it's back. And I was just like, oh my God, this worked. It worked. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? I, as I tell some friends what happened at work, or I guess I was here. Was I here when that happened? Anyway. I, would, I could hear what they're saying in their head going, how could you let that go on 20, 30 minutes without taking her to the doctor? I mean, you religious weirdo, why are you doing that? Well, no. Afterwards, here it is 25, 30 minutes later. Okay, if we would have taken her to the emergency room, that would have been hours that we would have gotten help. And they might have hurt her even more. You know, just trying to reset it or take x-rays or... Anyway, I just want to boast that... There's that verse in the Psalms that said, he's your help in present time of need. So if it's a big deal, your kid hurts himself or whatever, I mean, if you need help right now, he's here. Just get desperate enough to mean it when you call on him. Amen. Now, isn't that something you can use? I mean, that's, we had the same thing happen at our house. One of our boys got their hand stuck in the car door and the in-laws were visiting. And what do you do when the in-laws are there? We did the same thing that they did. And you know what? God healed. In fact, he healed and the in-laws went, uh, how did that happen so fast? So this is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. I love it. This is the God we serve. There is nobody special in the eyes of God. Nobody special. That's what's so wonderful about our Savior. He will help anybody that calls on him. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, turn with me to 1 Timothy. We're going to go back about prayer. 
I noticed uh, when I was reading and, and studying on prayer and, and what God wanted me to talk about, that he brought up, he had me look in the Bible how many times, how many instances you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many instances, now you know sometimes what happens in Matthew happens again, you know, the same time and the same time in Luke, something that Jesus has done. Well, apart from when they happen together, instances, it says in those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus prayed 25 times. 25 different times. Now, if it happened in, you know, Matthew, I think Jesus spent all night in prayer. And then Luke, I think, said Jesus spent all night in prayer. I believe, I can't remember which ones. Anyway, I'm not, that's one, one time. I'm not talking about all the time prayers mentioned. I'm talking about the 25 different times. Did you know Jesus prayed that much? Do you know he had to? And for those of you that think that Jesus and God are the same person, who's he praying to? And why would he need to pray if he's already God? 25 different times it's written. Not how many times he prayed that it was written. He was praying. Often, up early, out there praying. Why? That's how he got things done. He is our example. Do you know that it, it's written there more times about him praying than about the miracles he did? About the casting out devils? About the healing of sick? Why? Because that prayer brought about the healing and the casting out devils. He had to do it like we did. We have to learn how to pray. And for those that have heard, I heard a major minister say he prayed 10 minutes a day and read three psalms or something like that. Do you know that man had no miracles in his ministry? None. None. Nobody got uh, healed of cancer at his meetings. Nobody got a tormenting spirit cast out at his meetings. You know why? He wouldn't pray. He didn't think it was important. Well, Jesus did. Jesus thought it was absolutely necessary. So, so do we. Now, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I exhort, this is Paul speaking to his son Timothy. That word exhort means to admonish. It means to warn firmly. He's not patting Timothy on the hand here. He's warning him firmly. I exhort, pay attention. Therefore, that first of all, supplications, that's a prayer for a specific need, Prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For all men. I exhort, I warn you firmly, this is necessary. This is necessary. And like we said before, giving thanks for all men, even the one that hates your guts at the office, we give thanks for. Even the one that you believe is destroying our government, you give thanks for you give thanks for, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. A person in prayer, it says in James, that uh, Elijah had like feelings as we are, but his fervent praying changed his whole country. Changed his whole country. 
And that fervent praying of Elijah ended up with 800 false prophets dead. Dead. And fire out of heaven coming down to, to suck up a sacrifice to where there was nothing but scorched ground when, when you give a sacrifice to God. And you know what it did? It turned the whole country's heart back to God. One man. One man that fervently prayed. Ladies were more than one. Were more than one. Now, verse 3, for this is good. For what is good? Giving, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. And the Spirit of God is bringing up in my spirit. If you think that you don't need to pray about this coming election in our government, you are not paying attention to the Spirit. You cannot assume anything. You cannot just assume that things will be as it looks. You can't assume that. They assumed that four years ago that a woman was going to be in office. They assumed that. And look what God did with their assumption. We have to be diligent. It says we have to be watchful and diligent to pray right here for kings and for all that are in authority. I don't want to put fear on you, but we need to be diligent. We need to pray it through. How many times have we heard, you know, you pray, you think you got it, and then you stop believing and you lose it. We have to be diligent till that it's finished. Till it's finished. Now, verse 3, 4, this is good and acceptable. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. This is good. We like to make God happy. We like that he's accepted what we're doing. Well, if you do this, it's accepted and it's good in his sight. Now, we're going to look at giving of thanks today. I want you to look, I want you to go with me to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. We're going to find out that giving of thanks is actually obedience. It's actually obedience. You want to obey God? Obedience is what gets the blessings. Obedience to God is what gets the blessings. Obedience to his will is what brings the blessings. If you think that because... Well, we'll just use me as an example. If you think that because I'm a preacher, I'm going to get blessed, you got it wrong. If I'm in this position and it's not the will of God, I'm not going to get blessed. It's obedience that brings the blessings. It's obedience. If God wants you to be in a certain position and it's the will of God, that's where the blessings go. Do you know that a woman that will get in her prayer closet and pray, because that's the will of God, will be blessed maybe even more than me? Why? Obedience brings the blessings. It's obedience. It's not position. 
It has nothing to do with position. It has to do with obedience, where God puts you. Now look at verse uh, 1 Thessalonians 5:18. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Did you know this was the will of God to give thanks in everything? It's the will of God to give thanks in everything. That does not mean, I want to thank you, Father, that I am going to die of starvation. I want to thank you, Father, I'm going to be kicked out of my house. I want to thank you, Father, that my family is deserting me. I just give thanks. That is not giving thanks. Thanks. That's not being too smart. Then what do you give thanks for when you don't have any food? What do you give thanks for when you're getting ready to be evicted? What do you give thanks for when you have no job and you're homeless? What do you give thanks for? What do you give thanks for? You give thanks for what Jesus did for you, but for you on the cross. That's what you give thanks for. That's what you give thanks for. When there's no food, I thank you, Father, that Jesus bought my prosperity and he supplies my food. That's what you give thanks for. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you took my pain and my sickness on your own body. I want to thank you. You paid the price for my healing. That's what you give thanks for. What Jesus bought for you on the cross. Well, I don't feel like it. Who asked you about how you felt? you how you felt it has nothing to do with your feelings that's obedience that's obedience oh we have to learn prayer is obedience and we have to pray when we don't want to when we don't see the answer we thank God for it anyway do you know that's faith? Do you know when you trust in your thanks and not in your situation, that's faith. That's faith. How many times I thank God for my teaching job when I had none. And they told me there wasn't going to be one. They told me, Kathy, we don't have any job this year for you. I thank you, Jesus. You supplied my job on the cross. That's right, Nathan, you tell him. I got an amen. Do you know what? I got it. I got it. At the very last minute, so they found out somebody wasn't even certified and I had to kick her out. Well, guess who was standing at the door? I got the job. Why? Giving thanks. I have shared when I worked for Albertson, I hated the job God got me. Hear that? God gave me the job and I hated it. Why did he give you the job you hated? So he could get the hate out of me. So he could get the hate out of me. You know God will check you out. 
he'll check you out. Oh, he puts you in a situation you want to just, just walk. He will stick you in that situation. Why? Trying your heart and reins. Are you going to stick it out where God puts you? He gave me a job I hated. You know, I didn't get out of that job until I thanked God for it. Until I thanked God for putting me there. For putting me there. And it wasn't until later I realized what he had done. He was fixing Kathy's heart. He was putting to death my flesh. He was taking the lust I had out of me. And I only way, he said, if you'll give me thanks, I'll get you out of here. Oh, when I first started, I didn't feel like giving thanks. I didn't feel like anything but going to bed for a week. But I did it anyway. And do you know I got to the point where I could give Thanks that God gave me that job. It bought our groceries for the week. I gave thanks. He gave me that job. And he got me out. And not only did he deliver me, that's when my sign business started. Faithful in another man's before you're faithful in your own. I got tested. I got tried. I got tested and tried in that job. And when I came out, Thankful, thankful of what it did for me. God gave me my own sign business, my own. And then we start all over again. Be thankful in, uh, in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. We give thanks. You will find if you've got what it takes, when you can give thanks and you hate the situation, you will find if you've got the heart, the heart, the courage to give thanks when it's bad. You will find where your heart is. And you know what? You might not like where your heart is. Fix it. Change it. Get a hold of your will and fix it. Change it. Change it. Give thanks. Thanks that when you have no money, Jesus paid the price to make you rich. Give thanks when you are sick and you, you can't get better, but you give thanks that Jesus paid for your sickness on the cross. Give thanks. Pull it up from your toes if you have to. But give thanks. That is the will of God. That is the will of God. And you know what happens when you do the will of God? You get blessed. You get blessed. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. This one is a little different wording. It says, giving thanks always for all things, for all things, for all things. The one was to, all, to everything. This one's for all things. Giving thanks always for all things under God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks for all things. For all things. For the situation you're in, you give thanks. You will find and listen. You will find if you will go on with God that the worst times 
of your life, the worst times are going to be the times where you grow into the kingdom of God the most. And there is a day where you can turn around and look at it and give thanks you had to go through that valley. For all things. I had some bad days. Some bad days I can't even share. Bad days. But I gave thanks even then. And you know now I look back on those days and they are some of the most precious to me. Some of the most precious. Why? God stuck me in a place where there was no help but him. Nobody could help me. Nobody could. Not only nobody could help me, nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted to. The only one I had left was God. And you know what? He will never forsake you, Jesus said. He will never leave you in the worst of the worst. When you're not sure you're going to make it five more minutes, he will not leave you. That is a promise. That is the word of God, and it cannot be broken. He already bought you. He's not going to drop you. Those you will find someday that they are the best times. The best times. Why? Because you had nobody else but God and that's when he came through. One of my favorite quotes from Smith Wigglesworth. It is a blessed place when there is nobody else but God. Nobody else but God. That's when he works. That's when he comes in. When there is nobody else. When there is no hope. When the doctors say there's no hope. When your accountant says there's no hope. When your teacher says there's no hope. When your parents say there's no hope. When your husband says you're hopeless. That's when God steps in. That's when God steps in. We give thanks for all things even in the middle of it thank you father you will not leave me you will not forsake me that's what I can give thanks for that's our God that's our Jesus giving thanks and that's obedience that's obedience go with me to Hebrews 13 Ladies, we're going to walk in obedience to God and we're going to get things done. We are going to get things done. One of the reasons I was so thankful God made me a preacher and made me to walk in him was I was a school teacher for eight years in, down here in Texas. I was for two years up in Ohio. I saw too many faces. I saw too many faces of children and I saw too many faces parents that had no hope that had no hope I looked at children's faces and those of you that are teachers you can look in that child's face and they have no hope when I saw that God could take a little woman like me and get them to where they can give that child hope I said I'm all for it 
Whatever I need to do, get me there. Whatever I need to lay down, get me there. Whatever you have to take away from me, get me there. Get me there. And I've seen God give people that have no hope. Hope. Not only hope, deliverance. Deliverance. That's what we're in this for. That's why we're going to become prayer warriors. Because we got family. We've got friends. We've got a ministry. We've got people out there that need to see the gospel. Not just hear it. See it in their own lives. That's why we lay down our life, our flesh. That's why we turn off the TV. That's why we stop going to movies. That's why we put away all the hobbies. That's why we get down and dirty with Jesus. That's why we give it up. That's why we go to the Word. That's why we get in the prayer closet. That's why we make time to get into the fellowship of God. Because we want to change the world. And you know, we can. We can. We can. Doyle said, I need a group of women that can pray. I said, give me a little time. All right? Now, Hebrews 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Sacrifice. Continually. That is, what is that sacrifice of praise? That is the fruit of our lips. That means you got to open your mouth. You cannot be thankful in your heart. It says the fruit of our lips. you got to open your mouth. The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of giving thanks to his name. How many times I have been upstairs alone in the house and said, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to give you thanks anyway. And you know what? I broke through every time. Some took a little longer. Wish it could happen in five minutes. But you know what? I broke through every time. Why? I was overcoming my flesh. I was overcoming my flesh. The sacrifice of praise. Yes, you got to praise God when you don't want to. You got to praise God when you'd rather say something else. You got to praise God in the heat of the battle. And you'll break through if you will stick with it. If you join your faith with it. If you're just going to rattle off your mouth. You're like a race car in neutral. Doesn't move. Doesn't move. You have a hemi engine. I even did, when I was in the sign business, I worked on race cars. I did dragsters. Those things didn't even use gasoline. They used, what was it, alcohol? I mean, those things, the, the engine, I loved hearing, I, love, I, I like engines. That thing had an engine. You know, as long as it was a neutral, it didn't go anywhere. You got to use your faith. You can have all the mouth. You can have, you can be as loud as me. If you don't engage your faith, it's not going to go anywhere. Use your faith, and yes, you have it. Now, I want to show you what happens if you don't, if you are not thankful. I want this to be put in there. If you are not thankful, Romans 1 and verse 20, this is talking about every human being. For the invisible things of God, him, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. 
being understood by the things that are made, we are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. You cannot tell me, well, that person never heard about God. It says right here that God makes a way that they see, that they hear. The word of God is greater than your opinion. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, when they knew God, well, I never knew about God. Well, what are you doing listening to me? Caught. You're caught. You're hearing about God. Now you're stuck. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. How can I be thankful in my situation? You give thanks what Jesus paid for you on the cross. I said that before. You have to give thanks of what Jesus bought for you in the death, burial, and his resurrection. That's what you have to give thanks for. You must give thanks to God. It says it right here. It is God's obedience. It is a sacrifice. And right here it says if you don't, then this comes upon you. Being under, um, it says because that when they knew God glorified him, not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. I'm smarter. There is no God. Yeah, guess what you just did? You became a fool. You became a fool. Professing themselves to be wise, they became a fool. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And I can hear you saying right now, I never worshipped an idol. Then what's that mirror doing in your house? What is that mirror? What are you doing standing in front of that mirror? What are you doing worshiping your brain? You're going to become a fool. What are you doing worshiping your job, your kids, your car, your career? Idolatry goes a whole lot more than an image. All right, wherefore, look at this. Look at this. Wherefore, because they were not thankful and didn't glorify him as God, wherefore, God also gave them up, gave them up to uncleanness. How? Through the lust of their own hearts. Do you see that lust is already in the human? He doesn't have to give you lust. You already got it. You got it with Adam. And if you aren't thankful, he will give you up to it. Do you see the power of God here? Do you see? I've heard when I was younger that, that God can't override your will. Have you read the Bible? Have you ever read about Paul of Tarsus? I love it. In a word, God can make you an offer you can't refuse. He, ha he can override your will anytime. And if you're not thankful, he will give you up to your own lust. Do you see how God can keep you from your lust? Do you see how God can stop you from screwing up? 
Do you see he has that ability? Do you see how he can keep you? But if you're not thankful, he will give you up to what is already in you. Some of us have said, why did I do something like that? Why would I do something so stupid? You are unthankful. You are unthankful. Giving thanks is the will of God. We're going to finish in Psalm 100. I'm going to show you how to get there. Into the presence of God. And it's giving thanks. All right, Psalm 104. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into God's gates with thanksgiving. That's how you enter into his gates. And into his courts with praise. Then it says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. You want God's attention? Give thanks. You want to get into his presence? Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Dole's testimony about selling his house is the perfect example. He didn't even feel anything. He had, he had a house here in McKinney. He was up in Missouri. And he had, he told God, I am losing money on that house. It needs to be sold. It was already on the market. It wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell. So Doyle in the middle of the night got up, came out with these verses, read those verses to God, giving thanks. Sorry. Giving thanks. Enter his gates of thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. He said he spent about a half an hour 30 minutes, wow, 30 minutes, giving thanks, just giving thanks, giving thanks to the Father for whatever it was in his heart. And then he spent a half hour giving, praising God. He said he didn't feel anything. He didn't feel anything. Do you hear me? He didn't feel anything. He was obeying the word of God by giving thanks and praise. At the end of that hour, he said, now, according to that word, I'm in your presence. He said, I got a house that needs sold. And he said, thank you. And he went to bed. Went to bed at three, probably four. Nine o'clock, the phone rings. Nine a the phone rings and his realtor said at 9 a.m. I didn't even know realtors woke up until 9 a.m. He said the realtor said I just sold your house. Do you see the power of obedience in giving thanks? Do you see the power in giving of thanks? Do you see it as the will of God? Do you see it as obedience? And it is on that, and it is that path, that path to getting out of every situation. The victory is always yours if you will walk, if you'll believe, if you'll pray. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Does anyone need prayer? I get thanks. Father, I get thanks. Father, I get thanks. Father, I get thanks. I want to pray.
Father, I give thanks. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Father, I thank you. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Father, where sin abounds, do you know unbelief is sin? Do you know unbelief is sin? Father, where unbelief abounds, grace, grace does much more abound. Father, I thank you. Where unbelief abounds, grace, grace does much more abound. Father, where sin abounds, grace, grace does much more, much more abound. Grace, what we don't deserve, but you do anyway, anyway. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace. Where sin abounds, grace does much more, much more, much more abound. Father, I thank you for sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace does much more abound. I give thanks. Father, I thank you where sin abounds, grace, grace, what we don't deserve, what you do anyway, much more abounds. I give thanks. I give thanks for a spirit of grace on everyone that's listening to my voice. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace. That spirit of grace. I have a vision in my spirit. And it's a wall. It's a thick cement wall. But grace as the ocean is pounding against it. And it goes over the wall. I love it. Grace goes over the wall. And then it brings the wall down. It brings the wall down where sin abounds. Grace does much more abound. Thank you, Father, for that spirit of grace. For every need that these women and men have, that spirit of grace, on every need. And I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. 
She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.